Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Christian and I are joined today in Shoulder to Shoulder Studios from two gentlemen who've come all the way from Springfield. We are joined today by Ruben Solario and Herman Nunez, also known as LAFC Bone Storm. Welcome to the pod, gentlemen. Welcome. Hello. Hey, what's up? How you guys what's doing? On? Good. Absolute pleasure to have you guys here today. For those of you in the LAFC community, if you are not familiar with the meme masters that have joined us today, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, check out at LAFC Bonestorm and prepare to have your mind blown because you guys are probably two of the best at creating some Simpsons themed memes within the LAFC community. Oh, yeah. the best for sure. Yeah. It's only one. Others try, but others fail also. <laughs> there have been some other people that have done it before and I'm like, who is this imposter? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for making the trek all the way out to Shoulder to Shoulder Thank you for inviting us. Dude, yeah, yeah, of course. Absolute pleasure to have you guys on the show today. But before we dive into your story uh, behind these memes and Bonestorm, we had two games since our last pod, arguably like the greatest week in LAFC history. My mind is still trying to collect the pieces for being absolutely shattered by what took place at the bank. Not only the unthinkable comeback versus Leon, but uh, us you know, knocking out the fighting Beckhams in their first ever game in, in, you know, a heated match that we were really tired and, and gosh, there's just so much to go through. So I guess we'll start chronologically. Sure. Let's start with Leon. I, I still don't think I've come to terms with the fact that we're going to Dafe. We advanced to the next round. No, I've, I mean, I was ecstatic. I, I know there was a lot of people that are not LAFC fans that didn't think it would be possible. I did think before the series started it was going to be a 4-3 kind of shootout. But I thought it was gonna be like a two-one and a like two-one situation, you know, or two. I don't know. I but a two-zero. I was, you know, I was like most people thinking that let's go to PKs and let's get through. But um, I went from thinking that we had one of our like least impressive performances in our history, obviously still in preseason, to getting out probably a hundred percent given by everyone at all times, never comfortable, Leon was, and uh, we were able to perform and just put away three goals, which that third goal still has me kind of thinking about. And the debate's out there, whether it was a cross or a shot. I'm still on cross. I'm cross. It's a cross. That was a shot. It's a cross. But but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. If you look, if you see the replay that's looking down the line, you can see Rossi like look at the player advancing, and then he looks up at the goal, and it it, it just it looks to me like he's trying to chip the keeper. I'm thinking maybe like you know if it if it hits a crossbar, if it comes back off, you know there's someone there to clean it up. But I think he's going for it. I think he's trying to look for one of the Perez's that are still here, and <laughs> I think he mishit it, which is fine. It doesn't matter. It went off the crossbar of the post. Like you can't ask for a better winning goal. You know, I still can't even say the words like how I'm feeling. Like Golazo, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, it was. It was, it was uh, yeah, yeah, it was a happy accident. If it was not meant to be, if it was a cross. It was a happy accident. Yeah. Right? No, he was he was trying to put the ball in a dangerous place, and it ended up being in the goal, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But I I still am very impressed with that participation. I was actually sitting next to a lot of Leon people. Like they paid good money to come watch them. And they were talking smack throughout the game. And after we got the disallowed goal and then we scored one at the half, like you could see their energy coming down. And what I loved about the atmosphere was uh, whenever they try to ramp up their chance, like we drown them out. And it was amazing to see their morale progressively go down with every goal. And by the time it was 3-0, like they were saying, oh, this is the worst we've ever played. I'm like, okay, well, we played terrible in Leon and you guys force that on us like give us some credit that you guys you know couldn't move or think because we were just suffocating you guys and they just didn't respond and kind of left it was it was pretty pretty interesting and at at our worst they managed to only get two and at their worst we got in three so yeah no there you go and it took two pretty egregious mistakes on our part for those two goals to go in and lay on right and you can't really look at any of the goals lafc scored and say it was the result of a direct mistake of that level on leon's part Mm -hmm. right something that none of the blue check marks have talked about something that has not gotten a lot of press about this game is the fact that we held leon 
to zero shots yeah. on target. That has not happened, I believe, since 2015 was the last time they had a game in which there were zero shots on target. Right. And we beat them 3-0, something that hasn't happened since 2018. We managed both of those in a must-win game, win or go home. All of this conversation about LAFC not being able to win on a win or go home game, not being able to fight back from being down, and we killed all those things right. in one game. It was the first time also there was a multi-goal lead by a Liga MX team, and it was overcome by an MLS team. So a lot of a lot of firsts, obviously, is kind of what we're used to now with this team being new but still exceeding expectations despite us having big expectations. So I know, boys, you guys didn't get a chance to go down to Leon for the first leg, but you were definitely here for the second leg. What was your experience with Leon fans? How was your experience during the game? It was fine. It was like... It's so it's so because like I'm still numb thinking about it because <laughs> it was I would say it's like the Carson playoff game and then the Leon game right under it where it's like when you think about it oh you you just you know it's a blur of just fun yeah like I've never screamed so much louder than those two games where you know just like everyone else the next day you were just coarse yeah <laughs> every you go to work everyone's like are you all right you're like yeah I'm good but I'm just not gonna talk <laughs> yeah. for the Did next you smoke a hours. pack of cigarettes yeah like what's yeah. going on and you're like no I just had the greatest night of my life ever yeah. <laughs> We had a great tailgate. There was a very uh, subdued tailgate, I would say, for the Leon game. I was expecting there to be a lot of LAFC presence there. Uh, our tailgate was sort of limited to one little strip of grass at the far end of Christmas Tree Lane. Right. And even that was spacious by how many people showed up. So I was a little concerned that we weren't going to have the biggest turnout for the game. Sure. And then ultimately by game time, I think because it was midweek, the stadium filled out yeah. and everyone was there, but there were a ton of Leon fans there very early in the day, you know, having beers with us. Uh, we were making Wakamaya sandwiches for yes. them as they were coming by. Um, oh, really? Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, everybody was having a good time. They definitely had a little bit of an air of superiority about sure. them. Yeah, of course. They felt yeah. overconfident going into the match. Uh, you know, we heard it from our guest on the last episode, yeah. who actually came to the tailgate uh, and had some beers with us as well, oh. too. They had a lot of hubris going into that they match. They did. You could see it not only in their fan base, but I think that translated to the players on the pitch as well, too. They were not pressing. They were not going after it. They were just trying to sit back and defend for 90 minutes and keep us out of goal. It didn't look like they were going for that one goal that really would have put this game away. And I think ultimately that yeah. was their downfall from a mentality standpoint. Yeah, they they went away from their their usual game plan, which is similar to LAFC. It's like take the game to the opponent, you know, counterattack, counterpress, strike quickly. And they have a lot of players with the skill set to be able to do all those things. And I think leaving Mena maybe drop their confidence a little bit attacking-wise, but also at the same time, like, why start doing all this embellishment, throwing yourselves, wasting time from, like, the beginning of the game? Like, to me, that almost throws yourself off. If your team is always kind of on the front foot and attacking, you're almost doing something you don't always do, and it's going to throw your rhythm off regardless. Um, the fact that you couple that with the way we were pressing, we had a Tuesta who... It's much more calm, cool, and collected on the ball. The vision, the confidence, the way to uh, get out of these small spaces and find the next pass. I think that was a big difference when they were trying to press us. Atuesta had that ability to do and create plays to get out of those situations and you know allow our playmakers to do what they do up top. And I know friend of the show, LAFC Vince, hates it when we talk about formations because he doesn't believe that formations right. are a thing, that everything's very fluid but they were playing a 4-2-3-1 for the majority of that game. Right. Uh, we had four up top and two in the midfield for for most of what I observed throughout the course of that game. Our, and I think you mean LAFC? For LAFC. And, and in our pressing style, when we were really going after it, that seemed to be what we adopted. I was very impressed by the yeah. result. And obviously, in defense, you know, the team shifts back to sure. a different formation. But when we were pressing in that regard, that seemed to be incredibly effective and with the, Rossi sort of playing that true nine role. I agree with you. Like, it may seem like it's four people counter-pressing, but I think it's because two are basically immediately going to the ball and the the two closest behind are cutting off the next angle. So it's almost like they either played out of it by individual skill or they had to boot it up and try to have someone bring it down. And at that point, we kind of had all those our players in position to win that first ball and the second ball and then counter press and you know start the attack so i think tactically nachambri's 
underestimated us, our, also underestimated our atmosphere. Like, even though it looks great on YouTube, it's, it's different when you experience. You know, I think our fans, our supporters do a good job of making sure that the team that comes in doesn't feel confident, you know. And we made that ref feel like he was doing a terrible job, which he was. I was going to say, yeah, he was doing yeah, was like, a yeah. terrible <laughs> job. And I think it, we, towards the end, I think he was giving us more calls, but I'd say 80% of the time, like anything that was 50-50 was given to them. They were allowed to have doctors on the field multiple times, giving them that Space Jam magic water to, to get up all of a sudden. Like I, It was ridiculous to me. But in the end, I was happy, like I said. There was some brick housery going on. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's fun to like, for your friends who don't know, League MX. Yeah. They're just angry. Like, everyone's angry. I'm yeah. like, yeah, welcome to League MX. Like, this is what this is what they do. Like, it is. That's no. It's so frustrating to, like, watch those games. I agree with you. Yeah, the, yeah. the funny thing is, you know, how you said the blue checks here in the States, they didn't talk much about it. If you watched, and I did watch, like, Football Picante and, like, ESPN Deportes, dude, they were railing on Leon and also, like, questioning the status of MLS incrementally growing and Liga MX being stagnant. And is that gap closing? And then there's a new market for the Mexican player to come to the U.S. because of security, also be getting paid well, and then the league is, is increasing in quality. So I think LAFC is making a really good case, along with Atlanta, I think, to you know put this argument that, hey, our best against what you perceive as your best teams, we can have a competitive game, and it's no longer like you're going to – for sure squashes, and I think this this helped make that argument as well. Yeah, it should have been 4-0. Uh, the goal called back was wrongly so. I still don't understand why on goal-scoring plays like that we don't have video-assisted refereeing on a stage like the Champions League. I know the answer. Fire away. The answer is because uh, Central American and Caribbean teams don't have the ability to have that. So in order to keep it an equal playing field, they can't allow VAR, even though Liga MX and MLS has it. Wow, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why don't they have it like uh, when the the two teams have VAR, right? Like us and Liga MX, right? Well, then it's an unfair playing field. Yeah. I could understand that. Yeah. To me, just put a couple cameras in those stadiums yeah. throughout. It's not hard to bring in a camera crew for one game. To me, it's like why isn't Concacaf asking more of MLS and Liga MX expertise to come and provide that service there? You know, I'm sure the 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 CONCACAF Champions League makes enough money to absorb those. I'm sure you could sell the rights to the VAR right. brought to you by so-and-so, and that would cover the cost of putting some cameras in these stadiums for yeah. one game. So, uh, I don't think it would really be that hard to do. They just, for whatever reason, don't want to do it. So that's a current, that's a reason why. But I agree with you. It should be, it should be in because there was, in multiple games, reasons why some calls should have been allowed or disallowed. Well, roll back the clock about four or five years. I remember sitting in a bar talking to another LAFC fan before season one was ever a reality. And we were talking about our hopes and dreams for LAFC. And I mentioned that my dream was to one day see LAFC play a Champions League game in Azteca. And the person I was talking to was like, wow, that would be so amazing. I I can't even fathom that happening. Maybe in five, ten years, that's a reality. Here we are in our third season, and we're playing a Champions League game in Azteca, arguably the greatest stadium in the Western Hemisphere, uh, at least in the Americas. You could make that statement that it is one of the most iconoclastic, most hollowed grounds in the game on this side of the pond. The fact that the 3252 and the LAFC faithful are going to get to go down there, we're going to get as many tickets as we can possibly want to go to this beautiful, sacred ground, World Cup games, so many, so many amazing games. I mean, the Hand of God goal. I mean, so, so mm-hmm. many things have happened on A couple this World pitch. Cups, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't believe that this has happened so quickly in our history, and I am so excited to do whatever I can to make it down to Defe. And I'm really hoping that many of our fans can come down there and join us. Uh, gentlemen, are you going to get a chance to go down to Mexico City? I'm, I'm not going to get to go, but my girl, she is going to go. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, thought, I told her, you know, you have to go and represent us and represent the team. 
So just go, and I'll take care of everything over here. No, no problem. That's awesome. At least one of us gets to go, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. She's going to represent me, too, because I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, LASC TIFF, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, TIFF. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I'm not going to go. I just bought a new car. I'm like, I'm broke already. <laughs> oh, no. But it's so funny. Like, as soon as that game was over, everyone we're going like every, every like every, everyone I talked to was like where I'm buying my ticket I'm buying my ticket I'm buying a ticket like that's instantly. awesome and I was like yeah great like perfect like that's what we need is those people to go because that's that's what we need there I like, only that's have what two the team days needs. off I think I'm literally flying out <laughs> the day of the game I'm going to arrive a couple hours before kickoff make it to the stadium and then I'm probably going to have to catch a red eye back to go to work the next day I don't think I'm going to be able to get any more time off than that to go, but I'm still going. I don't care. Of course. Yeah. I don't care if it's, you know, 12 hours in an airport for three hours on a pitch. Like, that's that's what I'm doing. It's going to be worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I imagine you're not the only one that's going to do that either. Like, no. yeah. many, a lot of people plenty. are going to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 If it's anything like the trip to Leon, which given the amount of time, there was a lot more people that were able to prepare and plan for Leon, but everywhere you went in Leon, you were seeing black and gold. Yeah. Everywhere you went in Guanajuato, you were running into LAFC fans or staff members. So I can only imagine that DFA is going to be, there's got to be more than 500 of us for sure. I pretty much slapped the guarantee on that right now. I think so. I mean, although it would be harder to notice us in that big city, but if we, you know, get close quarters, for sure. But I'm excited about it, and I think we're going to do well. I think we're going to make more more surprising results, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we stay in the FA for the next round. We could be the first MLS team in, what, 14 years um, to have a, a, a real chance at a run at the title. Now, obviously, two big teams in front of us in Cruz Azul, and then we can pretty much slide America into the finals, and another trip to Mexico City, but... We have a, a big opponent in Cruz Azul to get through first. They are currently sitting uh, at top of the Clausura. So that's that's a big hill to climb right there. Yeah. First game at the bank. So please get out there, get loud, get behind us. But moving on to some other events that have taken place in this last week, we got to knock down Beckham and the Miami in their very first game ever in what I think in many people's minds ended up being a much, much closer game than we thought it was going to be on paper. But given the status of the team and what yeah. we had been through and the emotional ride with Leon and all the effort it took to get through that, avoided what could have been a pitfall for us. So, boys, I'm very curious what you thought of the home opener. Well, before I uh, talk about the home opener, the one thing that we didn't talk about with uh, yeah. Leon, yeah. it was emotional, right? But we didn't talk about the the TIFO. That, oh. It was uh, the week of Kobe's memorial. That's a good point. So I think that added a little more... Uh, drive for Vela and the boys, you the know, motivation, yeah. right? Um, so he w- he had the the KB and uh, the other the captain's armband, yeah. right? Yeah, which and, he uh, wore again for the Miami game. Yeah, he did too. I wonder the if he's going to Kobe and Gigi was very touching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the numbers, all that, the white shirts that we put on in order to make the eight and the twenty four stand out. I mean, that's look, that's thirty two fifty two in a very short amount of time coming through with a very big statement for a person who was massive within this community. Yeah, and while while everybody was uh, away at Leon, we were there making the TIFO, and it was a lot of uh, you know like talk about Kobe and stuff like that, and so it was a very emotional emotional time for for everybody that that was here while you know everybody else was at Leon. We were here doing the the TIFO, the both of them, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just an emotional thing, and I think that that gave them a little more drive yeah. going on, spilled over into Miami, because Vela seemed very determined because the press in Mexico was very, very... <laughs> Harsh. Right. Yeah. Incredibly critical of right. Vela. Yeah. And so I think now he has something else to prove. Yeah, the Rossi goal also means nothing if Vela doesn't put in the two goals before Of that. course. No. Putting the team on his back once again. He he has this ability to just find these these little moments like his quality is and his vision and his you know his his awareness is so beyond you know some of the, the even the players on our team but I think he's done a good job of bringing everyone else up with him and making them feel a part of the team and I think that victory increased I think the confidence on almost everyone that played that game a good way to start the season yeah absolutely. Yeah. Bryce Duke had amazing minutes in that game. Everyone played at the very utmost level. You can't point to a single person in black and gold and say they had a poor game versus Leon. Right. 
everyone played exceptionally well. And that's a good callback. As far as uh, the Miami game, the reason why we had a little more struggle, I would say, is because they had just played on Thursday. Right. Right. So they had to play again on Sunday, the home opener. They have to, you know, deliver on, on the home opener. So it's it's a lot of pressure yep. and they're tired. You could see tired legs out there, yeah. especially late in the game. It looked like people were dogging a little. Normally in the second half is when we sort of pour it on and roll over teams right. when we have a clear advantage in talent. Like anyone can say we had a clear advantage in talent on paper over Miami. Right. But we didn't see that in the second half. It once again took an absolute golazo for us to, to take that game <laughs> it's ridiculous. down. Ridiculous. My goodness, that chip from Vela. I've watched that replay a hundred times. I think I've about worn out my phone just going through the Rossi and the Vela goal from the last week. I, I still can't believe it went in. Yeah, the chip, the awareness. He took a meanie glance almost because the keeper was having a – like he was standing his head. He he had so many saves. and Great saves. The, the, the fact that he was aware enough to make sure that the, the goal – that beat him was a chip because of all the hard shots he was reading well and you know you know making sure the spacing or the angle was right he came out trying to make the angle smaller because he knew that Vela was going to shoot and Vela took a glance up looked up made sure that there was no space underneath the, the bar and, and the keeper and just chipped that goal it was ridiculous at speed at going at an angle I mean it's on his preferred foot but still being able to do that and kind of get under it at, when he's almost perpendicular to the goal it's like he's it's running crazy. away from yeah, the yeah, goal it's crazy it's almost outside the box at the time he decides yeah. to shoot the yeah. shot ends up coming from roughly top of the box by the time he hits it but yeah. after just having played through four defenders he continues yeah. to do things week in week out that are yeah. just amazing it's crazy i think uh brian rodriguez is probably in the same boat with us he's amazed by vela yeah he was clapping yeah. next yeah. to him like yeah. almost asking the the, the the entire stadium to like clap with him like, yeah. and, and everyone was it's just he brings all this joy to the people that paid hard money to go and shout their lungs out and he performs day in and day out and this is amazing there's someone my heart really goes out to at the moment because he is getting a lot of flack from the media Brian Rodriguez for having not put in a goal or an assist yet in MLS competition. Or I think he has one assist, but yeah. not having a goal yet in, in major league competition. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. His play has been exceptional. His spacing, how he's helped create what he's doing out there. His talent is clear as day. And the fact that the Taylor Twelmans and so of the world continue to keep bragging on him. He's 19. It's okay. I know. Yeah, he's young. You can yeah. let him let him be. Like yeah. it's fine. He'll find acting his... like he's 27 yeah. and proving himself. It's not the case. Yeah. Just because we paid a good penny doesn't mean it's gonna turn out and give us 20 goals right off the bat. So. You know, you mentioned Luis Robles and his saves. That I think it was about three, four minutes into the game when Rossi had that the header, header, mm -hmm. and he just off the fingertips and, and gets just, it to go. That's got to be one of the yeah. greatest MLS saves I've seen in the past couple of years. That was up there for me. That was really impressive moment. Yeah. yeah, I think his experience came through. Like he 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 noticed that Rossi was angling for that, and I think he took that step early and he he called it right. So so he was able to make that save. Um, I, I, one of the things I was impressed about Miami being a, such a new team, um, obviously it was in their favor that our team was a bit tired from the Thursday night match, but uh, they were very organized defensively. So even though we did get some chances, I think it was tougher than I thought it would be to break them down. And then also because of our exhaustion and maybe potentially underestimating, they had some chances to put, put some goals away and just didn't finish and also our keeper had a clean sheet he had some key saves um, I think his sweeper keeper ability is becoming more and more apparent as he gets more and more comfortable with the team and Segura was dominant and Jakovic too like it's it's I think I think that partnership is gonna continue to grow I think there's there's um, more than we thought in the tank with him and also I think we underestimated his spatial awareness and also the way he can compliment Segura because I think they're once quick, once tall, once you know better at reading angles and cutting off embodying people, the other one's good in the air and also is able to kind of slide in, in, in emergency situations that um, have no fouls. So I, I think their, their, their partnership is going to get better and better over time. And then it's going to make me wonder whether or not Zimmerman was as good as he was or was Segura really making him look as good uh, or better than he really, really was. So... Some, some things to think about.
And with Harvey playing in the game and being a little slower, I think we kept seeing Latif get back and cover some of Harvey's defensive responsibilities as well, too. And not to be lost in yeah. the Golazo is the work that Latif put in in both of these games was absolutely sensational. Oh. He's proving himself to be one of the most critical players on the team. What did you guys think? I was kind of worried for like this game because it was like uh, the playoff game when it's we beat Carson, yeah, we go to Seattle and you struggle, yeah, that's, and that's what I see is like we beat Leon. Here's Miami, like. But during that game, you see like Latif. Oh man, Segura is like I, ever since he came in. Yes, man, he came in and just blew it like blew me away. I was like, I love this. Like my favorite player. Okay, I love him, and he just hasn't stopped. He had what a couple mistakes. Yeah, he's only of, gotten better. Yeah, only like one or two, three yeah. mistakes. But you're talking about he played all those games. He did. Yeah, and he's just insane. That's why I was like, that. I agree, totally agree with you. Where like he lifted up Zimmerman. I think so. Yeah, that's why they. That's why they sold Zimmerman so fast because that was the best amount of money they were gonna get for him. I agree yeah. with you. Like a hundred percent. That's why I was like, I was like, all right, good, all right, cool. Now let's go get someone better. Yeah. Well, and something I, that's been lost in the last couple of weeks, actually, there's a huge MLS rule change that just went into effect about selling players. So now when you sell a player, you get to keep 95% of the money instead of 75%. a huge 20% jump in funds. And the amount of allocation money that you get is up to a million dollars now. Somewhat ironic that those rules changed right after the Walker-Zimmerman trade, which was really... You know, so much of that trade hinged on the fact that we got so much more allocation money back than we could have got having sold right. him internationally. And now those rules change just a couple weeks later. But that is a big, big change and could definitely, you know, motivate clubs to make sure that they sell more. And I think it's kind of what the league wants. And there was another deal with Nashville where they, I think it was 350k in allocation money to get the first rights to MLS. The allocation The allocation list. list so. um, whether that means Andy Nahar, what that actually means as far as, well, basically we get first choice of any player returning to the league or any U.S. national team player or elite youth player yeah. that's out there playing internationally at the moment. So that doesn't apply to every player in the world. Uh, that's just former MLS players coming back or right. people who are currently or have been capped by the U.S. national team that play internationally. We have first choice yeah. of bringing one of them back. And with us rumored to be in the market for Nahar, now obviously that was prior to us losing a center back. And I think, you know, as much as we love Dayan and Segura, they're not going to be able to play every single game for us. We're going to need some depth there. Yeah, I think I Silva's on his way back. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, if his injury – if I mean, there's a question mark there. Anytime yeah. a player is injured, there's a question mark as to whether they can come back. And I think Blackman is, is just simply better as an outside back than a center back. Not that he hasn't been able to step in and, and prove admirably that he can cover that position. I think he's just better suited for our style of play, playing outside. So I think there kind of has to be a center back addition right. to the squad, even if it's someone young that they want to develop. Uh, or, you know, I mean, who knows? It could be, you know, you never know where Thorington's going with that. But don't. it does seem to be that things are lined up in order for us to have yet another acquisition coming into the squad sometime soon. Right. Did you guys have any other thoughts on the Miami match? No, but I did see the the Nashville game. Oh, you did? Where uh, Zimmerman scored the, their first goal in their yeah. history. Yeah, well, props to him. And, uh, you know, I, I started uh, looking online and a lot of people were saying, oh, man, we shouldn't have gotten rid of him and and we need him now more than ever. You see, we shouldn't have sold him. And then we go and win the, right. the match against Miami. Don't worry, those are the same people that yeah. doubted Djokovic and Vermeer, so... Don't listen to exactly. Them. Yeah. yeah, it was the same people <laughs> yeah. that are saying, you know, put in Cisniega, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of armchair captains out there. It was, uh, it was that Hercules Gomez? He said he was going to be the the bust of the season for Vermeer. I'm like, come on, man. You saw? I mean, I, I will say maybe he misjudged one or two of the goals of it against Leon, but it's a one game, still in preseason form. So yeah, like we're yeah. just starting. Yeah, like, give them months. Like yeah. let's figure it out. I yeah. think it's a popular trend right now amongst MLS reporters to sort of make wild predictions about LAFC being poor because they know it's going to get them a lot of clicks. It gets them a lot of credibility with the other teams in the league. And LAFC fans are going to yeah. share that information, so it's sort of positive for them to have that that whole discussion, which, yeah. is, which is somewhat I'll give him some credit. He gave us a chance, um, and he's usually fair. I just think he jumped to judgment on Vermeer. 
Um, but whatever. Well, he did come from a completely different league. And he did. Their from style the Dutch play league. is different. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, well, we're talking about a guy who's won championships with Ajax. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. we should predict him to be the bust of the season. I mean, we, we gave Miller so many chances. Why not give him, right? Yeah. Uh, my only other notes from the game against Miami, aside from Vermeer being solid and the ref being absolutely atrocious once again two games in a row, uh, someone sitting next to me in the 32-52, uh, when Atuesta got the yellow card two seconds after he walked on the pitch, said this ref has completely lost the game at that point. Yeah. And I think that was a fair assessment. Um, lost in how positive we performed. The only the other note I had yeah. was that Ginella had somewhat of a rough night. Seemed like he was really not able to see where people were moving to, and his passes kept getting intercepted because he was passing to the wrong space. Going back to your uh, Twesta comment, I was happy that he was being that aggressive because that's one of my criticisms of him, of the few things that I think he could work on. The tactical fouls is what I call him. Got the yellow card, it wasn't warranted, but the fact that he's getting in there and doing those things to stop you know, counterattacking opportunities at times is a good thing. I think Ginella, if he's not playing that deep midfielder role, I think he doesn't yet have the awareness in that new position, like more of a number like eight or more advanced. I think when he um, started playing the deeper role and when a twister came off, I think he felt more comfortable because I think he likes collecting the ball from the defense, looking up, spreading the ball versus being more advanced and being the option versus the giver. So I think that'll come with time just because of the system and that we're going to be rotating midfielders. He is also very young, too. He hasn't played here. He's only been here a few weeks. So I'll agree with you. Maybe it wasn't as good as we expect from him because he is a good player. He's a talented player. We've heard that he has some of the better weighted passes and the through balls, and I think once he becomes comfortable, he's going to make that happen. Defensively, though, I think, I think he gets stuck in. I think he's reading angles well. So it's a matter of time. I think our team made sure that when he was deficient in his spacing or defensively, um, he didn't look bad because um, we were able to cover the second. What do you guys think ball. of Sifu in the few moments that he got? I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he's a, a more, maybe a slightly more athletic version of K. He's gonna be a little rougher, yeah. I'm not gonna believe it. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of the like, let's 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 see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, have, we have so many games, yeah. so Very many tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just yeah. the beginning. But I am excited though. Like, yeah, it was just it was just fun. You're like, oh, I can't wait till everyone clicks, and then just, and then we get back, you know, Do, and, and BWP, like, BWP on top. Crazy. You're like, man, we almost have six midfielders fighting for three spots, right? That's, yeah. that's that's not anything we had last year. We had three midfielders play like 90% of our games that were gassed out in the playoffs. 96%? Wasn't it something crazy it's ridiculous. Yeah. What you Speaking of TIFOs, what did you guys think of the Mandalorian TIFO? I liked it. I, liked I, thought it. it was, I thought it was good. I mean, especially the, you know, the, the writing that... You know. <laughs> a little cheeky underneath yeah, there. Just a little kiss Retweet. in the wind for uh, Miami, you know. <laughs> Retweeted by the Star Wars I was gonna say that. account as well, too. Yeah. I'm just surprised that whoever's running that account doesn't speak that language. Oh, no, like, that's, that's a, you know, yeah. that's a, a Disney head. They don't care. They just yeah. see Star Wars, Mandalorian. They're like, yeah. all right, cool. Let's LA, this. LAFC, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Any press is good press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. <laughs> I think even if they knew what it said, I think it was... Subtle enough that they were willing to go with it, but yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Hats off to the thirty-two fifty-two. Yet another thing that goes undiscussed is the fact yeah. that we designed, created, and executed two beautiful TFOs within the span of a few days. The amount of work it takes to put a TFO out, let alone two TFOs out, impressive. And I have to say, you know, around the league, TFO game was strong. Yep, much better than last year. I don't know. What is pushing that envelope forward? If it has anything to do with the work the 3252 did last year, I'd like to think that in some small part we've helped elevate that game. Now, there are certain clubs that have always had some strong TFO game. But across the league, there was some really, really solid work yeah. put out. Uh, and some clubs that had some absolutely terrible ones as well, too. But I don't, don't want to rag on people too much. I mean, there was another Mandalorian out there, but no, there wasn't. Not as great. <laughs> yeah, no, there, yeah, no, wasn't. Star Wars didn't care. That was, so it didn't happen. <laughs> that was not the, the way. way. The wind, <laughs> it was not the way. You're right. Up, yeah. You couldn't see it, and yeah, it didn't have any writing to yeah, it whatsoever. It was weird. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for the greatest week in LAFC history. Are we willing to put that stamp on what's taken place in the last week so far? So far, yeah. 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 So far. 
two incredibly big yeah. games. You know, I know you guys have been on the FCFC pod before, you know, in, in homage to our boy Slim, who may not have seen the first goal that LAFC scored against the Sounders. Oh my gosh. <laughs> None of us got to see the first goal Miami scored. So we're all in the same boat there. So I said that little shout out there we wanted to throw out real quick. But with that, I'd love to kind of dive into the gentlemen who have been so gracious enough to join us today. Thank you, gentlemen, again, for coming out to Shoulder to Shoulder Studios. Uh, again, today we have with us Ruben Solario and Herman Nunez, also known as LAFC Bone Storm. So gentlemen, once again, Thank you for coming out. Ooh, thank you for having us. Yes. So real curious to hear how your passion for football started and how that became the creation of this meme generation around the Simpsons. But what kind of started your passion for football? I've been playing football like all my life growing up. You know, we had a, you know, a golpara. I don't know if you familiar with that. Uh, just we don't have enough for a squad, just kids in the neighborhood. And... Um, Whoever scores a goal becomes a goalie. We call it Mete Goal growing up. Oh, well, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. what, that's what yeah, we yeah. called it around yeah. my neighborhood. Yeah. Right? But, um, yeah, so I grew up playing that. And uh, and it just translated into, because I'm a big sports fan, you know, Dodgers, Lakers. And um, I never really had a, a football team. Did you grow up here in L.A.? Yeah, I grew up in Boyle Heights, yeah. And um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I follow Liverpool, um, and I think LAFC ended up um, propelling my appreciation for Liverpool even more so. Well, shout out to Chris, who unfortunately could not yeah. join us today because of a family issue last minute. We miss you, buddy. Oh, and I thought it was because Chelsea beat them. Oh, <laughs> he's in mourning <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Um, not invincible. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he would be ecstatic to have another Liverpool fan in the Definitely. room along with him. And uh, so our condolences go out to him uh, and uh, a little celebratory. Yeah, and, you know, I became a, actually a Liverpool fan like uh, around 15. Okay. Because uh, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. And uh, they have this song called Fearless where the, uh, they sample You Will Never Walk Alone. Right. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Who, who's singing this? song and I ended up doing a little research and it's Liverpool great album and they're Arsenal fans right so it's kind of weird that they sampled the Liverpool anthem right right so I, yeah ever since then I ended up becoming a Liverpool fan and then LAFC came around and the rest is history for me at least the women's national team national oh. teams I really didn't care for soccer growing up I was more of the kid who wanted to play everything you know baseball every, whatever we could do we yeah. played we sure played. uh didn't care too much for it, but then you know, ninety nine women's ninety nine yeah, and they just blew my mind. I was like, "What is this?" And I try to watch MLS, I try to watch League MX, but it, it, I don't know. It's something about a national team that just kind of I don't know makes you more proud or so. I don't know. Yeah. It was just fun. And then of course that's all I would watch because then I was like, "All right, cool. What do I have in my backyard that I can go to? Go to a couple Galaxy games. They don't care." Like, didn't like that atmosphere. I was like, all right, don't worry about it. And I just would watch the national team. And then, you know, just like everyone else, you would see something pop up. Hey, LAFC, like, you know, mm -hmm. Los Angeles has a new team. And you're like, I, I don't know what this is. I'm very curious. And, you know, you just research and research and you find out that what it is. And then finally go to the stadium. I think I went to the second game because the first game was, you know, sold out. Sure. I get there and the atmosphere is so much fun. Like, from the second game, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, there's nothing like it in LA, right? But it was mostly the culture, you know, the people. Like, I remember walking to the first tailgate, not knowing anybody, and we just had a, you know, 12-pack, a couple friends, we're just hanging out drinking, and people just started talking to you. You're like, hey, blah, 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 you know. Some people are just, you know, been there from the beginning, some people are just new, and you're just talking, and the next thing you know, you're having a drunken conversation with someone you never knew. Right. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, for the people who remember uh, Dodger tailgates, <laughs> yes. there's, there's, there's yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, before it got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> for way. Yeah, there was always something fun about, like, people just coming together and supporting something. Like, people you've never known from neighborhoods you would go to just randomly to, like, because it has a bar, restaurant, whatever. But then you'd meet these people and they're like, oh, there's more to my city, you know, my little town or blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it was just like, okay, this – so I kept coming back over and over, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is, like, this is my team. So like, it's safe to, safe to say that both of you felt 
once you experienced the LAFC experience that connected you to your city in a different way that you didn't feel yeah. like. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, I was, I'm born and raised in the Valley. So, okay. like, my trips are, you know, to downtown East Los. Like, right. they, that's how far they go. But then you start meeting people from farther out. And you're like, oh, we all have the same kind of experiences and the same kind of areas and hoods and like everything. Sure. And you're and you're like, oh, like yeah, we're, you know, we're all Angelinos. Like that, yeah. it works beautifully. Like, I was really happy with all that. You alluded to it, but if our listeners haven't had a chance to listen to it, the April nineteenth, twenty nineteen episode of FCFC Pod you were featured on, and you can hear much of that story there as well too. And if you're not listening to FCFC Pod, a what's wrong with you? Go listen to FCFC Pod. It's a great, great show. Only for you who are uh, adults out there, right? Uh, not a kid friendly show. But uh, thank you for recapping that story for uh, a, a larger yeah. audience in this yeah. case of potential viewership. So, uh, in one of those tailgates, that. is that where you met each other? Is that? Uh, no. So uh, German's baby mama I've known <laughs> for a while because we had mutual friends. Okay. And I met German through her. And as I started going to the games, I was like, oh, like I know them two specifically would love this because it's, you know, it's L.A. It's There's no fakeness to it you know there's no and so i brought him and i was just like i, I brought so many people like just like everyone for sure, sure. you sure, bring sure. oh man i think the most i brought in one game was like 12 people and i was just like all right i want everyone to love this i was so i was not surprised but i was happily surprised that they loved it as much as i did because uh me and her were i would say me and her were a little more friendly than me and him were mm-hmm. but then as soon as we were all hanging out more at the games and stuff like me and german got really close yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I first met him, well, I didn't even meet him. I I knew his, he was like this ghost. Everybody was like, "Oh, Ruben, Ruben <laughs> lived in uh, in North Carolina because we had mutual friends." And you know, there was uh, one guy in particular that he was best friends with, and uh, he was always just pining for Ruben, <laughs> missing Ruben so much. But he was in North Carolina, and so he finally came back, and you know, we we started talking, and and we just. Hit it off. Um, he, yeah, he took me to my my, my first game, uh, and it was it was a it was a, a very spiritual experience for me actually. What was your first game? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, uh, it was Portland uh, when we played Portland when we scored zero zero. Most people would be turned off. Man, no score. Like what? What is this? But to me, it was just seeing it there. I was like, it was very very uh, like religious. I guess most people would would Compared, say that that's yeah. what it is, right? And have you been there since day one? What was your first game? Uh, the second game. Second game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, would wa- I watched the away games. I think the first game I watched was the Atlanta one, where I was like, oh, I'm like, damn. That's a brutal game. Yeah, yeah and I was like, maybe I shouldn't be watching these games. Like, I'm bad luck. But, I was, yeah. but you know, I watched, and then I was like, oh, cool. I was, like, looking up the, you know, that second one was the first one, Beta Shore, first goal yeah. I ever saw. And funny enough, I had to record it because I was like, you know, in the, in the like two hundred sections, yeah. like woo, like hey, check it out. Turn around and you just see Beta grab the ball, and, and I was like, "All right, I'm in love. Like this is this is awesome." Yeah. So towards the end of season one, I think it was what October first is when the first Bone Storm meme post comes out. So when did the idea for that happen? How did this collaboration come to fruition? It was actually kind of like what, what Ruben said about the all the supporter groups and stuff. You know, everybody's just uh, amazing and. And we were trying to find our, our well, at least I was trying to find my own little pocket within that group. And I told him, "Hey, we should we should start something." And he said, "We should do a Simpsons only meme page, specifically from certain seasons." And uh, that's pretty much where 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 it ended up. Uh, that that was just an idea from him. And I I I did the first meme, which is. Um, was a sideshow Bob. It says, uh, Dale, Dale, Black and Gold. Yeah, it's like written in blood on his yeah, chest, right? Yeah, yeah and, uh, and that was the first one. And we actually didn't even think it was going to take off. But we, we thought we were going to get like, what, 100, maybe 200 followers at oh, the yeah. most? I remember when we broke 100 followers. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we're all like, yeah. Happy. <laughs> Where yeah, is we, that now? Uh, I think it's like, a, I don't know. I honestly don't care. Like, I'm just happy that the people who do follow us are the people we know. Right. Yeah, well, so I like, care because I'm competitive, so it's it's a it's eleven hundred. <laughs> okay, this is this is <laughs> this is why it works because like I kind of don't care, but he yeah. does care, and so it just you know. Well, I mean, it works out. for for our memes because he comes up with some really good ones that for some reason get a lot of likes. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and uh, I make some that like I made one 
for uh, when when we beat Kansas City, and it's Barney. Remember, he said, uh, "Don't cry for me, I'm already dead." And he's like, "I remember on the that floor. episode." Yeah, yeah. But that was a time when there was like Instagram was having an issue. There was like a blackout, and I only got like. 30 likes, and I was like, man, this is such a good meme. Why, why now? <laughs> and blame, so, blame but, but now I'm up because I made one and it has the most likes out of. So it's like a friendly competition. That's sure. kind of like what a one sided competition. I still don't care. <laughs> well, I'm more worried because, like, so our process is funny because I'm like, I do them last. I do them the morning of or yeah. the night before. Sure. Like, just on my phone, just like, what's the idea? And then. That's why I'm just like, all right, I just, I'm more stressed about getting it out and making sure, like, the caption, because I write, like, all the captions. So I'm like, I want it. I don't even know if anyone reads it, but I was just like, for me, I like, I want it to, like, pair perfectly with the meme itself. Sure. And that's all I'm worried about. And as soon as it's out, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, that weight off my shoulders. I'm like, I just don't pay attention to it anymore. Like, sure, sure. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, well, I have yeah. a question. When you had the idea, the initial idea, when Ruben mm-hmm. had the idea, um, and you agree to it? Is it because you both knew that you had a love for The Simpsons, or is that? Oh yeah, no. That's like early on when we met each other, and we're like a lot of reasons we bonded was because we kind of grew up the same way. We're, you know, different parts of LA, but sure. definitely the same way. And our love for Simpsons, like yeah, a lot of pop culture it. and stuff like that. Like we both like movies and a lot of movies, and it's like anybody. Like I could talk to you right now. I could tell you. Uh, a line from The Simpsons, and sure. you, you can picture it already. Right. So you can associate it with whatever is going on with yourself. So that's kind of what we do: is we take a, the scene from The Simpsons and flip it and make it relatable to LAFC, because that's what you can do, right? That's what comedy is, right? Some there's always a but at the end of that joke, and fortunately for us, it's the other team all the time, win or lose. So, do you guys end up watching more Simpsons now because of running the site, or how? How is it just you've always just watched a ton, or does your your consumption of the product change? I'm a big, big uh, Simpsons fan. Uh, I have the, I have a lot of merchandise of the Simpsons. I have the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's about the same now. My relationship's just a little different. Uh, I think uh, I've. I like my dream was always to like write an episode of The Simpsons, like Conan O'Brien. I really like Conan O'Brien and, right. and all that. I, I call it the well, a lot of people call it the golden age of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. where it was just like comedic gold. And um, and I think this is like as close as I'm ever going to get to writing an episode of The Simpsons is running, helping run the the Bonestorm page. Yeah, no, I, same. I, it's always been on. It's always on, no matter what I'm doing, cleaning. Whatever it was, it was just always on. So now it's just more like if I see something, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, just remember that because I could probably use that. Like if I like the joke or the if the visual joke of it, now just more like just keeping mental notes. And Do you guys have it. a favorite episode or joke or is there like a moment in – I know there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, that's... But like is there one episode that stands out to you if someone said like what's your favorite moment or favorite episode? Uh, my favorite is not for – comedic value it's more uh colonel homer with uh when you um lurleen yeah lurleen because i just love the music because the you know the music on the show yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) like i love it and has the whole like that um that's early right yeah yeah no that's a fifth season fifth season fifth season yeah that's like it like they have their joke about like uh like vaudevillian humor where he's like uh He's like, oh, I caught my wife in the bed with my best friend. He's like, you bit her? He's like, yeah, I bit her too. <laughs> like that. I love simple, dumb jokes like that. Yeah. Like those are – and sometimes those are hard to like come up with, like to write. Right. Like it's it's amazing. Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, me, I, I like the, the mafia one mm-hmm. where uh, Homer goes to clown college uh, and he learns from Krusty or fake Krusty. You know, they get into uh, to some uh, some situation, and uh, he looks exactly like Krusty. You know, I don't know if you know, but uh, Homer and Krusty were supposed to be like the the same, right? That's why they look so, uh, so much alike. Um, and so, I guess the writers use that. And so, the the, the mafia guy he says uh, he he says, "Oh man, I'm seeing doubles. I'm seeing four Krustys, and it's only him and." Um, Homer, Krusty, yeah, Krusty and Homer. 
So yeah, that's that's the one that I can think of. It's a good episode. What about you, man? I know you're a fan of the show, Christian. Do you have do you have a favorite Simpsons moment? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. You, you weren't ready to answer. Questions. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I got to think of everything. I'll give you two seconds because I got two. I'll throw mine in there. Do it. Right, so yeah. Stonecutters Guild. Of course. Hilarious. Oh. Hilarious. But by far my favorite moment, and I think it was season two, the first uh, Treehouse of Horror, was when they, they do the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah. And oh I my know God. that that has LAFC so great. layers yeah, yeah. to it as well, too. Well, Quervos, they, they use yeah. that that. Uh, yeah. that. But long before LAFC was ever a thing, Edgar Allan Poe has always been one of, if, is always my favorite poet, and The Raven, mm-hmm. one of my favorite poems. At a previous job, I used to have to have a quote on the back of my business card. And the quote was supposed to be, uh, it was an alcohol-related yeah. job. That's my field of work. So the quote was supposed to be something about alcohol. So the quote I had on the back of my business card was, was quaffo quaff this kind nepenthe, mm-hmm. which is from The Raven, which was like the most obscure joke. But like the only people who ever got it were not like literary people. It was always Simpsons people who were like, oh, yeah, The Raven. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But it was never from people who had actually like read The Raven or understood. And that's yeah. the beauty of The Simpsons that they introduce you to so much stuff that that you wouldn't right. normally pick up. Yeah. I, have, I I can think of two moments, not necessarily episodes. One is the one where it's kind of like the NSA and everyone's being watched, right? And it's so real now, but they were ahead of their time where it was just like a room of people literally monitoring the population. Well, the whole Simpsons prediction thing is right. out of control as well, too. Yeah. I and mean, how many things that right. they've predicted that actually came true. The second one is, like, football-related, is when you have them watching a soccer match or a football match in English versus Spanish and it's like the exact oh, yeah, same yeah. play and like it's so slow in English and then like the exact same play and it's like two guys passing the ball back and forth and like in Spanish it's like so much excitement and pent up emotion and it's just kind of ridiculous but it, it is the truth of how the sport was at that point in time um, and I'm like this is my reality like if I put it on ABC versus Univision this is exactly the atmosphere that I feel when I'm watching the match this way yeah, so many great moments throughout uh, the years. I love years. that joke. That was the best one. Yeah. Do you yeah, guys yeah. have a favorite meme or a favorite thing that you have created? Maybe it's not the one that has been the most popular. So obviously, like, Revenge List has gotten, I think, the most yeah. coverage of everything that you guys have done. But is there something where you really felt like this was the funniest thing? Maybe everyone didn't get it, but it was your favorite post that you guys have had out? Or is there something that really stands out in what you've created? Uh, I think for me, I know already, it was... Um, he came up with the meme. It was the Mo with the multiple, oh, with, the, with yeah. the guns attached. And it was like, or like, all right, we're ready. And it's like, every player is a gun. He sent that, yeah. But that's why he sent it to me. Yeah. And I was like, all right, hold on. I know exactly what to do. And I put Orta as a plan. <laughs> I was like, the happy. That made me laugh so much. I was like, oh, you're just so useless to us right now. Like, I'm not saying you're not bad i'm just saying you're just useless to us yeah. i remember the, the first time i ever. saw that that straight got a laugh out of yeah. me absolutely german yeah, yeah it, um my my favorite one well first of all the it's funny because like the, you brought up the revenge list and someone asked us if they could make it into a two-stick uh banner and we're, we're like yeah and uh who, who was it against uh it was against chicago right yeah, the chicago game. and we ended up losing that match and and we were like man that guy's bad luck. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the revenge list is, was was great. Um, is there anyone left on the revenge list for you guys? Chicago, still. Chicago is the only one. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we got a good chance of whooping them this year. Yeah, Chicago. Hey, that's what we said last year. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's the only problem. That's only was we haven't beat Chicago and uh, who else? I know there's only like two, three teams now that we haven't beaten. I'm trying to remember, I like. I think New York City FC because uh, yeah. we've only ever tied them. In... What, we beat them in preseason, right? Yeah. Right, but right, that's preseason, but not, right. not in yeah. a not in a regular yeah. season game. As far as the memes, I don't know. There's some stuff that that it's my fair that we both have to uh, agree that it's gonna go on the feed, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff is just he says, "Oh, it's not. That's not funny." <laughs> That's not funny enough for the feet. Oh. So, um, yeah. So you do care. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> stickler. Yeah. Well, like, I'm for small details. Like, he'll make a meme and I'll be like, no, change this, change this, change this. Yeah. And we'll go through, we'll go back and forth so much. And then when it's done, I know he's like, all right, I just want to post it up. But I'm like, no, 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 you'll see. And then when it hits, it's like, you know, you're like, all right, cool. Like, you know why I'm so weird about, and it's even positioning, you know, like a logo on certain something because you want to see, I don't know. It's, 
It's weird. Yeah. yeah Whatever the creative process yeah, yeah. is, the ultimate product has been sensational. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my favorite one's, uh, it's Bart. He has an out-of-body experience. Uh, he gets up and he looks down at himself. He goes, cool. hey, cool, I'm dead. All right? And that was a Kansas City one. And he was like, let put that on the story. So oh, yeah. and this is great. <laughs> <laughs> but he put on the story. Yeah, we we have a highlight. It's called Stepchildren because oh. those, those are the ones. <laughs> those are the ones that didn't make the full yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's oh. our like our system is like so our main memes will be posted. I don't like a lot of the LAFC meme accounts because they're just like just, they just do whatever and they're not that funny. Uh, or it's just vindictive in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know I in my head I'm like they're just young kids and they just don't care whatever. That's why I'm just more of like I like to keep the page minimum, like, or minimal, like, in our posting. But if it's an idea we have and we just kind of want to throw it out there and we just want to dedicate a post to it, we'll just throw on the story and just be like, all right, cool. Like, you know, and then that helps us interact with, like, people who see it and just, you know, just keep chatting with everybody. Yeah. Speaking of interacting, uh, I'm the one that usually oh, ends yeah. up talking all the smack <laughs> on as Bonestorm because he does he really doesn't care. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't, he's like, I don't care what – so I'm – Usually, like, typing, like, you know, this and that about your team and, oh, you guys, especially Galaxy fans, and I'm like always, like, just talking smack to them, so. Like, kind of behind the curtain, it's kind of the same thing for us on the yeah. show with me. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually the one who, I'll sometimes, like, I'll forget which account I'm responding to someone from is usually how it starts. Yeah. Because I'll see something as I'm scrolling through with the show's account, and then I'll want to respond from my account, but I'll forget to change over. And then it's like, it's too late at that point. I've yeah. already responded from yeah. the show's account. Right. i got to stick with it. But. So you understand my pain of like <laughs> a billion notifications while you're yes. at work. And I'm like, what is this? And yes. I'm like, oh, and I look and I'm like, oh, German is arguing with everybody. I'm like, I'm like, just not pay attention. Yes. No. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think I have a little more freedom with Bonestorm because um, it, it's stuff that I wouldn't normally say, right? Yeah. But... And it's it's just banter, you know. I don't I don't mean it. So sorry, yeah, yeah, it's sorry to whoever gets offended, you know. But <laughs> that's just what it is. It's, it's not part, you it's, it's part of the. It's, yeah, it's not me. It's not me at all. Like if you're arguing with the main page, what do you expect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. that, that is like, that's a fact. <laughs> like, but you know, the, you know how Carson fans are. They're, you don't yeah. think. <laughs> and they escalate everything to vulgarity so yeah. quick. You know, I mean, it, it, it. you could have any logical conversation with them and you'll put out something that's like, here's a fact. Like, it takes forever to drive to their stadium. That's a fact. And you'll get 500 responses of just some of the most disgusting things you could possibly imagine. And you're like, sorry, I was, I was just stating fact. Yeah, this is my logistical reality. I'm sorry you don't agree with it, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, before we send you home today, we do have one last question for you. Sure. It's the name of the show, boys. What does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? A shoulder to shoulder is, um, it, it means everything to me, really, because uh, I've, I've met people, great people from Huervos, from, uh, from Tigers, from D9U, uh, Tigres and North End. Uh, Everywhere, and they're, they're they're just amazing people. Right now, I'm wearing the Hymas shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, peace. so that's that's pretty much what it is. It's a, uh, it's it's an avenue for us to express ourselves individually, and also collectively. So, it's LAFC, shoulder to shoulder. To me, it's I'd always think of it like um, in the punk kind of way. Was <sighs> when you're at your favorite show with your friends, and the pit opens up, and you just grab, you know each other and you hold on to each other and you just just destroy everyone in your path and that's how I feel with everyone you know in the north end in the stadium you know anyone who wears black and gold it's it's just you know us versus you know Los Angeles versus the world I want I can't remember who does that specifically but I remember when I saw that I was like yeah I like that's how I feel like that's what that's what you know we all feel where else do you go to any stadium where their chant is beat LA like no one, no other city has that chant. Like every, everywhere we go, everyone wants to beat LA. Well, they, you know, it works in the reverse where we want to beat everyone else. You know, that's what it always means to me. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out. We're so happy to share your guys' story here on this platform. Maybe share your stickers in a couple of the countries as well, too. <laughs> yeah. um, happy to help be an avenue for this message to get out to the community again if you haven't had a chance to listen to last year's april 19th episode of fcfc we highly recommend you listen to that as well too but on behalf of chris who could not be here tonight christian sound engineer wilton and 
myself, I would like to thank you guys so much for making the trek out here to Shoulder to Shoulder Studios and coming and speaking with us. We really, really sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you guys, yeah. And with that, take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder. Together this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Cape us old mommy about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.